and welcome to Beauty Conversations with Bops and Z. I'm Heather Stark. Let me explain. For the majority of my life, I have worked with kids, in particular young girls ages 10 to 14 years. There is a topic that has come up over and over again that affects girls more than anything else, and that is beauty culture. The lack of conversation about why we engage in beauty has caused a lot of body shame, a lot of self-doubt, and I think it's time we change that. So I wrote a book. It's called Her Story. It is a hilarious and heartfelt conversation about why beauty milestones should be options and not expectations. It's a book for girls ages 10 to 14 years and their parents, and it guides them through things like makeup, period care, bras, hairstyles, fashion, hair removal, so like shaving and waxing, and friendships. The underlying theme of the book is that beauty culture really is an option. It is not an expectation. The way I constructed each chapter of the book follows the same pattern, more or less. I start the chapter talking about my first experience as a child in that particular beauty topic. I end each chapter with my experience as a parent of a girl. So by the very nature of the way I wrote the book, I have intertwined my mother, Bops, her grandma name is Bobby, Bops for short, and my daughter, Isabella, Z for short, into the book. And since I gave myself an opportunity to talk about my beauty culture stories, I feel it's only fair that I give them opportunity to tell their side of the stories that I share. We are three generations of women. Each one of us have influenced the other when it comes to beauty culture, but we have never sat down and talk about why we made the choices we made. And beauty culture is a huge shaping factor in most women's lives. So this was an amazing opportunity to talk with my mom and my daughter. So thanks for listening to Beauty Conversations with Bob and Z. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to Beauty Conversations with Bops and Z. Hello. Hello, hello. Okay, so today we have a special guest star that we will talk about and talk to in a minute, but we are skipping in the order of the way we are doing these recordings because we wanted to have our special guest join us. So if you follow along in the book, the next chapter after makeup is hair removal, but we're going to skip to hair styles. And I've got Boppy and Z with me as always, and we are going to talk about our hair. So I want to start with bops. Aside from my time as a little girl, I have had pretty much one consistent hairstyle. It's either long or short, but it's still the same style. But you, dear Bobs, have had a plethora of different styles. I remember you having, um, in your in your high school graduation picture, it, your hair is actually a lot like mine. It's very long and it's straight. And then you did move to a classic 80s style where it was big and rolled and curled. And I don't remember the whole decade of the 80s, you not having that, whether it was a weekend at home or we were going somewhere, I felt like it was, my memory is you always had those curls. Then you had a short bob for a while. And then from there, it just went 
increasingly shorter. So I would love for you to talk about the evolution of your hairstyles. Uh, did you like, did you just want stuff different? Was there something that you were looking for? Tell me about that. When I was a teenager, everybody had their hair long and straight in the 70s, and so, therefore, so did I. And then, when it evolved into the 80s with, you know, the big bangs and the hair, big hair, I liked it, but I don't know if you remember, I would put it back with combs. I would always wear combs on the side yep. because I wanted to still be in style, but I didn't like stuff around my face anymore. And it started getting shorter because... The older I got, the more I was starting to go for efficiency. I wanted something that I could fix in five minutes or less in the morning. Because I was working with children all day, I didn't want to have to stop and comb my hair all the time or brush it. or And so I would stiffen it with hairspray. I didn't want it to move at all. Um, plus, the kids got a kick out of touching my hair because it was stiff. It was, it was more than a personal preference, you know, um, and I still, I still like the big hair. That's why even if it's short, though, I still like to poof it up with a lot of mousse. And I have very thick hair, too. And so this hairstyle evolved because of efficiency, ease of use, and personal preference. Why do you like big hair? What does that signify to you? Because when I look in the mirror and I just see nothing, I don't like the way it looks. You got to describe what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I am putting my hands on my hair and pulling my hair straight back as though there were no hairspray. I'm flattening my hair against my head. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like that look. I think I look better personally with um, height to it. And I don't look good with a ball cap. You've never seen me wear a ball cap because of that. It flattens everything. I haven't. You're right. I never thought about, I've never, never thought about that before. I mean, I've seen you like in visors and such, but that's funny. And even Oops. with the visor, the hair will be pooped out over the visor. How did, so you said that you're, you changed hair with styles and then in your profession, how did switching from being in the classroom to being an administrator, did that change how you viewed your hair? That's a good question. I don't think it did. I became an administrator, what was that, in 2001? Yeah. And I think that, well, you know what is? I think that's when the hair started getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. Maybe it was just, um, I was pressed for time. Time was everything. And so when I entered the efficiency stage, I bet that was it. Yeah, good point. That's super interesting to me because I feel like long hair is easier for me to style than when I've had my hair short. So it's oh, super wow. interesting that you equate short hair with an easier style. So let me, and you may have touched on this, but um, I want to know what your hair, when we're talking about in the context of beauty culture, what your hair represents to you in that realm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the hairstyle that I have as it got shorter and shorter showed off the bone structure of my face better. Okay. That's an honest answer. Thank you. It is. It is. It's a very blatant, on, honest answer. I appreciate it. So in We're beauty culture, in beauty culture, yeah, I felt like it was showing my face a lot better. See, look, look at the that jawline. <laughs> it takes confidence to do that, though, because I know a lot of people use their hair as a as a as a curtain, as a a way to separate themselves from the world. So by going shorter and shorter, that's a takes confidence. And you know what else? One other thing. When I was a teenager, there was a Russian model. Her name was Varuska, and she would shave her head because she was known for showing off these fur hats that were gorgeous white fur, mink, and and I always admired her, um, I thought, that's very different, her bone structure, she was a very beautiful woman, and I always admired her as a teenager, so perhaps that has always been in the back of my mind, too. Yeah, and Z, you make a good point, because for years, I used my hair as a, as a shield, as something I hid behind, um, and it, it's like a comfort blanket. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, bops. We're going to talk about when you used to fix my hair as a child. It's, um, and you, your memory of it might be different than mine, but I remember it not being fun to have my hair fixed. <laughs> I remember lots of tears, and I, in my mind, it was very important for you to have a, your daughters with brushed hair, brushed and styled hair. Would that be a true statement or not? Uh, that would be a very true statement. And why it was that? Because that was when people look at other people, they notice appearance. That's a very human thing. And when people looked at my daughters, I wanted them to see um, clean hair. I wanted them to see hair that had been brushed or combed. I wanted, um, that's what I wanted, I guess. So therefore, yeah. um, just simply because um, the way I am, everything has to be OCD and in its place. Every There could be no tangles. There could be no tangles. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of the uh, crying came from, because I insisted there be no tangles. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and I can also appreciate the fact that, you know, because and we're fixing to talk about Z's hair, that I didn't really fix her hair. And I, I know I got judged for that. And so I did feel a pressure to fix it, but yet not fix it or the way she dressed or not dressed. And it wasn't that I didn't want to allow that. If I interceded, it would only be because I felt like somebody else would judge me. And it was, it took a lot of effort and energy to not acquiesce to that. Although I know I did plenty of times. So I appreciate your, your honesty. And I think that's something that a lot of um, moms and women contend with. They acquiesce because they're afraid of the judgment of others. Um, so Z, let's, 
let's go to you. Let's, let's figure out where we start because I know that your hair is important to you. And like I just said, I, in your memory, again, might be different, but I don't remember styling your hair a whole bunch. What little styling I did was usually that one little piggy at the top of your head. And sometimes I got fancy and I put a little bell on the little rubber band that um, was on top of your head. I also remember the ladies at your daycare just being like, Heather, fix her hair. And so often they were the ones that would braid your hair or brush your hair or fix it in a different way. And in fact, I remember there was one, you were in pre-K and several of the teachers and I had gone out of town. And when we came back, one of the teachers that stayed there made the comment that daddy had fixed your hair really nicely that whole week, kind of <laughs> indicating that it was like fixed for the first time. But tell me about, <laughs> number one, do you remember having unstyled hair? Do you have thoughts about that? I think, I don't remember, um, like, I think the time that you're referring to was like preschool and before. I don't, I don't remember a whole lot of that. Um, I do remember in elementary school, my best friend for my birthday uh, gave me a brush so that was like the first big memory of like, oh, and it, it was a game during recess um, to brush Izzy's hair. Everybody would pull out their brushes from their backpacks and brush my hair. Dead young. But I, I could not have cared less <laughs> because for me, it was, it was always at the end of recess. And what it signified to me was I was out there beating everybody else at tag so hard that my hair was a literal rat's nest in my ponytail. So it, it was, it was a trophy. <laughs> um, so I, I remembered that and I remembered it, it was just pretty much in a ponytail, but that's, that's how I liked it. And I remember wearing my hair down for the first time for pictures in like fifth grade for yearbook pictures. And the first time that we like chopped it, chopped it. Cause it, I feel like it was always long. And then in like maybe second grade chopped it to the chin. Yes. And that was a horrifying experience. Yes. So, and I talk about that in the book, how you wanted short hair. So we cut your hair, but it had this wave to it and it poofed. And that was some heartache because you had to commit to this hairstyle until it grew out. Good. And I didn't commit to it for another like eight years after that. <laughs> yes. But although you still wear your hair back, you are very much um, somebody who is committed to styling your hair. And I'm going to use that word loosely because like I said, it's always pulled back and it might be in a messy bun or something, but Kind of like we talked about with makeup, you spend a lot of time with skin prep and skin care. So you spend a lot of time with hair care, yes or no? I don't think I spend a lot of time with my hair, but I think my hair was one of the first things that I learned how to control. So I figured out very quickly I could not control my skin. I did not have a grasp on my style, but I could start with my hair. 
And I finally figured out that my hair had wave to it and that if I didn't brush it while it was dry and if I brushed it in the shower, then that wave came out. And so I figured out how to embrace that and since then have been much more comfortable with wearing my hair however it is or putting it back or figuring out what I feel most comfortable in after I learned how to manage it. And I hear that from a lot of people with wavy and curly hair, that it is, it's a heartache until you figure it out, which is something that people with straight hair, I mean, that we don't have to, to, to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm ready to talk to our special guest. She's none other than my sister, Cindy. Hello, Cindy. Hello, Heather. I invited Cindy because you know, Bops was just talking about how important it was for her to have daughters with brushed hair, styled hair, no tangles. And somewhere in our preteen years, that all went to pot. <laughs> and Bops had one daughter, me, with cauliflower bangs and in the 1980s, and then another daughter with wave I think Cindy referred to it as what'd you call it a cockatoo cockatoo it's like a cock I mean I got it up up there with like three layers of a curling iron to be fair I mean it was it was it was a lot of people remarked on it no matter where I went (laughs) in fact I have a school picture with with it and I'm like Yes, that's what I'm picturing in my head when I when I picture that that particular hairstyle. I do remember that as long prior to that, as long as our hair, like Bob said, was brushed and combed, Bob's you were pretty supportive about us changing the styles, whether it was long or short or permed or straight. You were on board with that, um, but I'm just I'm curious with Cindy as somebody else who you know, had a childhood in the eighties where there was big hair and how we just embraced these, these bang styles that, you know, just make us shake our head. Now, when we look back, um, look back at them, I got to ask, what was your favorite hairstyle growing up? Because you had, had, you had a number of them. Yeah. I, uh, that's something that this made me actually examine. I have had, I believe every, every color, um, over the, I mean, every color except for like of the rainbow, but I've had almost black hair, dark brown, uh, red, bright red, blonde. Um, but it, it was poignant because it happened after I moved out 18, um, from 18 to living alone all the way up until 30. It, my hairstyle was constantly changing. Um, uh, my favorite, uh, would have to be, I think, gosh, um, probably there were two. Uh, I remember when I had a wavy, long, just w- wild, lots of volume, but perm. I got a perm that was not super curly and just long and long waves. Um, because I felt like, honestly, to, I can remember mom telling me she liked it because I looked like a lion and it was back from my face. It's It was interesting to hear what you had to say, mom, because... 
in the 1980s, Heather, and I had the wave, the big wave with the Aquanet. You had, you went through the big curls with the Aquanet, and then you went through the phase of hair away from your face. Well, you still do hair away from your face. And I always remember you telling me, Cindy, get your hair away, get your hair away from your face, show your face. And um, that's ended up being many of my, uh, you know, my top hair, favorite hairstyles. The other one was uh, when I cut it shorter, but it was this messy shag, like wild. I put like whack, you know, wax in the ends and it was just wild. Basically it was easy to fix and just this messy style. So that would probably be my top two for sure. What, what was behind all the different styles? Uh, Oh, oh, now thank you to this. I have realized those hairstyles were very, me switching. Um, it was very indicative of what I was going through in life on the inside, how I felt about me or whether there was a major life change, um, anything like that. I mean, I've, uh, y'all, Y'all know this, but it's a common theme that I've heard that I wear my heart on my sleeve um, in life and I don't have many walls. And, but now I realize perhaps while I was wearing my heart on my sleeve, I was wearing it on my head as well. Because I, you know, there were so many spur of the moment, like spur of the moment hair changes that I can just tell you there was no big pre-thought. It was just like, you know what? I'm going red in a box. I'm going to go today, right now, and just go red. And then I'm going to give me bangs about a million times. So um, now I look back and I realize it just was representative of what I was going through on the inside and what my life was going through. There were changes along with my hair Yeah. as I learned me. Yeah, yeah. That, I think it's that's a valid point that hair is an expression of, self and personality and getting to know yourself without realizing is what I felt like I was figuring out who I was very poignant yeah so it's also a fantastic temporary way to cope I've noticed over my last couple semesters of college around week 12 and week 13, my dad and I had a conversation and, and we we picked up on this pattern that around that time where finals are rolling in and things get stressful, I'm like, I want to change my hair. And so one semester I bleached it. The other semester I went completely brown and then I was recently talked out of just cutting it all off again. So that is, that is real. So true. It's like those memes you see for a a lot of women. I know you're going through a lot and you're having a million things happening and you feel like the world is ending, but do not cut yourself, cut bangs. Do (laughs) not do it. Resist bangs. That's a common theme. And it's so, it's poignant that it's women that almost women can relate. Many across the board can relate to that and get a chuckle out of it. Okay, you said that I had a memory, Cynthia, of when mom would cut our bangs. Yeah, tape. Tape. <laughs> oh, I, I did that many a time. I did it to Maggie once when she, want, when she like, a little bit. She'd put that tape and it'd stick. 
but you know, you pull it, it would get, your hair would get pulled down really far. And so she cut above it, but then your bangs would pop back up. Yeah. The pressure was yeah. right. And your bangs yeah. were always so short. I mean, yeah. you figuratively, you and I. <laughs> she got it right. I would not get it right. I would not get it right when I tried it. Okay, so you just mentioned Maggie, and I want to talk about Maggie and her hair, because one thing that you do, I feel you do really well with her is give her a lot of autonomy when it comes to her hair and her fashion, and I'm going to have you back in a couple of weeks to talk about Maggie and her fashion, but I want to talk about her hair today. She, She fixes her hair. And you are hands off for the most part. I am. Yeah. Tell me about how you got to that point, how Maggie kind of took over her hair. Was that a natural evolution? Was that a, um, a choice you both made? What was behind that? Because, Because it's really hard. We already talked earlier in this little podcast about how a lot of moms have a hard time doing that because they're afraid of the reflection it gives on them. Yeah, I, that's true. I think it was, it was twofold in that when Mags was super young, um, I, it was the same, even though I remember mama, like Heather said earlier about the brushing and we'd scream and blah, 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 when you would do it and we want dad to do it. Well, I used to think, Oh, Oh, that mama's so hard on me. Come to find out when I have a daughter of my own, it it didn't matter if I barely touched Maggie's head with the brush. It it was just me. Because when her father would she would be like from from an age of like two or three, and he didn't mind. And that was I I got to be like, hey, y'all work it out. Because I'm not, I'm not into hairstyling. I'm not into doing your, her hair, other people's hair, her hair. Um, the only thing that I insisted and still insist on, which is very weird. I think now that I realize it, because I, I asked myself why it's, it's like you, I wanted it brushed. And that actually stemmed from when I became a, a pediatric nurse, a school nurse, and, and then did a stint you know, pediatric ER, one of the top, the first questions that nurses are asked when we are assessing a child is, do they appear disheveled? Does their hair appear brushed? And that stuck with me. I had to honestly, all the time, answer that question. And I thought, oh dear Lord, what if she goes to the nurse one time at school or in the daycare and they're like, she her hair is never brushed. It's super tangled. And they're like, "Mm, she not. So that is why my one thing was, and it still is, and it's, it's a battle, but I've bought her and let her choose brushes, her own brush. And that has been, um, a lifesaver because she enjoys that a lot. Um, as far as letting her choose her own style, I, realized that from a young age watching her because I didn't realize it for me is that there's so much in her world in our world that tells a a female how to be from a young age 
what to wear, what time to get up, what time to go to bed, what you're supposed to read, what you're supposed to learn, what you're, what you're, what you should be to other people, what you should say, when not to say, um, that controlled her world that I knew that, um, her, her body was the only thing she had control over in the, her whole life, her hair, her clothes and her body will be the only thing that not one other, they can say it, but she's the only one that has full autonomy over it. So if that is the only space that I can provide for her where she gets to be in control of, of that, then I'm, I have been fine with giving it to her. That's, that's 50%. The other 50% is I ain't got to worry about it. I ain't got to go in there and play an outfit. I don't, I'm sorry. I say, ain't, but seriously, and I know it's, it's on my part. I don't have to say, I'm going to, I don't have to take the time out in my mornings before work to braid her hair or to, I don't have to have those battles um, with her. And because now, because I realize um, my own hairstyles over the years have bespoke, even when I've gone through very difficult things, um, a huge change in my, it, that's my best way of learning her, who she is in that moment, where, what her own growing fashion sense is, um, what she is on the, what she likes. Um, so that's my best way of getting to know her, I guess, without my interference. And I like when she looks at herself in the mirror and I try to chase her secretly when I know she's going to go look at herself in the mirror and she's gotten like when she got a new haircut recently that was super short and my heart was like, rum, 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 rum. Um, I wanted to see that look in her eyes and it is, it's just my favorite to see when she gets that very first glance at herself and makes eye contact and there is this spark of, <sighs> I like me. I like what I see because then I'm like, yeah, so far, so good. You know, I know a day will come where I don't see that, but so there's that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for yeah. that insight. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Okay. We're going to come back to you. You made this really conscious decision to go gray. And that is something that a lot of women struggle with like I have a gray streak and some days I'm okay with it. And some days I kind of want to turn my hair over so you can't see it. I have a love hate relationship with it. And I admire when women are able to make the decision to go gray and find a peace in that. So, and I don't even like the idea of the term going gray because I mean, your hair does, turn gray, but I mean, it's this natural thing that happens that we reject. And I somehow you equate the term going gray with this idea that we reject it. So it's, I don't know. I need to think about that. I don't even know how to say it. Um, but tell me about your decision to embrace the, the graying process of your hair. <laughs> um, I, I started coloring it probably in my mid thirties. 
I think maybe when we were over in England. And um, so over the 20, 30 years, I'd color it every, about every two months. And then it got to be where I needed to color it a month and a half. And then I had to color it every month. And I thought, this is not even looking natural anymore. And um, I was getting tired of coloring it. And from a health point of view, I thought, this is not healthy for my hair, putting all these chemicals on it so often. Um, I don't even know what it should look like anymore. And I remember thinking that several times. I don't even know what my natural hair color is because I had been coloring it so much and for so long. And so I decided to give myself peace. I was going to give myself peace by not coloring my hair anymore. So that's how it all arrived at just let it go gray. And was it peace or did you have to work at it? I work at it when people ask when I'm with my sisters, if I am their mother, I have to work at it. That happened again last week and it seems to be happening more and more. Um, but that's a head thing and I can address that. Um, it's just a thing I need to work on because, uh, Okay, but it's also rude. I mean, why? it's also a rude question. It is. It is. It is rude. So the only time I kind of wince is when that happens or when I'm sitting at a restaurant and someone calls me the waitress or the wait staff or the cashier, uh, calls me honey, sweetie. Um, and I think, okay, all right. So I just, um, to me, that is rude. That is very rude. And it is you condescending. Think, you think they do that because your hair is gray? Yeah, they never used to do it before. Why would they call you honey because you have gray hair? Just out of curiosity. Because I think in American society, people who are aging are kind of handled with kid gloves sometimes. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're, we're feeble. Maybe we don't think straight. We need help crossing the street. We need this. We need that. So they're just going to kind of soften their tone. Uh, okay. And I just say, yes, sweetie, I would like that glass of water. Oh, so I what would be, <laughs> thinking about women who are working to, to embrace this. Um, Natural progression of your hair. As that, you know. it is. It's, but I was thinking about the, idea of a loss of color that you identify with, right? Because that is something that people say is I'm a blonde. So you, you lose kind of this thing that you identify with and you embrace this natural progression. So women that are working to kind of embrace that, what would be some wisdom that you would, you would give? I would say it's a very natural thing. And as long as you're struggling with it, maybe you're just not ready. Yeah. And did you just let the color grow out? I started letting the color grow out, but then I would start frosting it with low lights, putting a little bit of brown back in there. And that, that was okay for about a year, maybe two. And, and then 
I just felt like I'm done. I'm done. And even now, it's really not a, it's gray or white in front, but in the back, it has a brown. It still has the brown. So it's kind of a multicolor thing. And yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't really bother me. I remember uh, helping you a couple times. I, I guess you were frosting. And I just remember being confused about this cap that you were putting on your hair. And you kept telling me, reach in and, and pull some of the hairs out of the holes. But I was I was grabbing the wrong ones, apparently. And I was, I was just so confused at the whole process. <laughs> what a memory. Well, you always did well. You always did well because it looked good. <laughs> Z, give me. Sorry, go ahead. I just was. I'm just curious, Mama. So now, when you look in the mirror, are you happy? Are you like, yeah, this is good. I like. Or um, is there a part of you that that, that wants to be? I'm 95% happy. I still have my moments where I think, oh. In fact, I had the cap out the other day, and I still have a, a box of brown hair stuff, and I started to do it, and I thought. Why? Why are you going to do this? Do you really want to do it? What's going on with you? So, but yeah, I still, every once in a while, I still want to do something to it. Bops, how old is that hair color? <laughs> uh, uh, I honestly cannot say. Stop. Don't Maybe do it. Expiration date, Z, next time you hear <laughs> next week. I mean, I got three different colors in mine that's been there for about four years. I've got a brown, a red, and a blonde that's under my sink. So obviously, I'm blood of your blood. So, Cindy, let's, I mean, just real quick, you you talked about how having so many different colors of hair. Um, Do you, right now, you are blonde, I think? I am. Well, no, there's red here. Sorry. It's hard to tell on the camera, but it's a, it's a deep red. What about you, Z? With hair color, with some kind of wisdom advice for people in the trenches trying to come to terms with their hair. Most of the time, it's going to grow back. So just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. I definitely don't. Re- I agree with that because I don't regret the millions of changes. I don't. It was fun. It was different. It was, I, there was one hairstyle I regret, but I don't, re- I, I don't regret all uh, trying it all. Yeah. Your brother wants a buzz cut. Your brother who's one, who's had long hair. Don't do it. I know. I know. <laughs> I would have just said, don't do it. <laughs> what, what is his, what? For speed, because he's run well, he's not running now. But what is his? Is he just decided that's what he wanted. So I, we're like, I'm in that weird spot where I'm afraid he won't like it, but it's his choice. Uh-huh. So how do I? And so I'm like, well, could we do maybe gradual? Like we'll take, I'll take you, and you can go get a short haircut because his hair's been long since he was five. Or I say long, you know, to shoulder length. Yeah, he's worn it with some length. Um, since he was five. So I thought, well, maybe we could do gradual. Can we just do gradual? And and I think this is where I get hung up on is if he doesn't like it, there's, I can't fix it for him. My hands are tied. So in my mind, if we go gradual, 
he will understand what it will actually look like, you know, and I can still intercede. Yes, Z? Well, how do you feel about your hair? (laughs) How do I feel about my hair? My hair, and I think one of you said this, I think it might have actually been you, has been the one thing that I always got compliments on. And it was one thing that I never felt like I had to alter. I couldn't control the acne. Um, I couldn't, you know, I was always worried about my body, but I was not ever worried about my hair. And although it was permed and it was straight, and then when I got pregnant with you and Rafe, it gets a frizz to it that it didn't have before. Um, I went through a red phase um, for many years. And so now it's just long and straight and blonde. Um, I notice that the older I get, the more the roots at the top get darker. But I guess maybe because I'm in the sun a lot, it lightens up. But there is this gray. Um, And so it's I think I said this with makeup that I wear makeup because I want to be looked at as a energetic person. And so I think the color makes people think that I'm a fun, energetic person, but my hair does not portray that. My hair portrays what I hope it portrays is somebody that's just come as you are, because that's who I, how I want to be with myself. Um, and how I want other people to feel when they're around me. Also, I will say, and this is quite vain, Gloria Steinem has long, straight hair. <laughs> and I love her. So. In fact, when I got these glasses, I thought, oh, these are Gloria Steinem glasses too. <laughs> but then, then the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix series. <laughs> oh. And now they're more Jeffrey Dahmer with my blonde hair than Gloria Steinem. I never would have went there. We just want to take your picture. (laughs) (laughs) Totally off topic. Mm. I don't want a fancy hairstyle. I I don't want a high maintenance hairstyle. I want an ease hairstyle. Um, But I still struggle with I struggle with the color going away. Thank you for talking to me today about hair. This is nice. I mean, again, hair has been a huge part of our lives. It's been a part of our childhood. It's been a part of our personal growth, but it's not something that women really sit down and talk about and and discuss the ways their hair has impacted who they are and how they function or how their hair has helped them function. Even though we're constantly noticing people's hair, we're constantly commenting on people's hair, and then the conversation doesn't go any further. And I think that these things are important because, like Cynthia said with her daughter, you know, to have some autonomy, to have some ownership and some control over things, or it's a way of coping, or it's a way of coming to a sense of peace and efficiency with who you are and the way you've constructed your life, those are important things. So, as always, I treasure these conversations. Our music is Dance Around the Campfire by Julius H.